Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about the Build Something Weekly newsletter. It is weekly, it is free, and you will get tips, tricks, and tools delivered directly to your mailbox. I will recap the current week's episode and all of the takeaways. I'll give you a top story, content I wrote, and then some recommendation that I've been using that I think you should check out. So it is free. It is weekly. It's over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Go ahead and sign up over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Back in October, I wrote a blog post called We Need to Talk About Speakers and Virtual Events. I outlined how I believed speakers should be treated when it comes to virtual events. See, I feel like too many virtual event organizers treat speakers as their marketing arm too. And shortly after, my friend Nathan Wrigley reached out. He is a virtual event organizer. And in fact, I've spoken at his events. So we wanted to have a debate of sorts and we recorded it. We're releasing it on both of our podcast feeds. And it was a truly fantastic conversation. I certainly learned a lot and I think you will too. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 246 of How I Built It, the podcast that offers actionable tech tips for creators and small business owners. It is the last episode of the season save for my annual recap which is generally a bonus episode. And it's brought to you by Nexus and Text Expander, two sponsors who have been with me for a very long time. And as we wrap up and bring 2021 to a close, I want to sincerely thank them. Now, you'll be able to find more information about them as well as all of the show notes, including the blog post that set off this episode over at howibuilt.it slash 246. Now, usually these episodes are ad-free and extended for members, and members will only get the ad-free version of this this time around because I wanted the full episode to be released. Uh, I wanted the same episode in both feeds since Nathan is releasing his as well. But what members will get is an extra 10 or so minutes as a separate episode with my thoughts on the overall conversation. So Nathan and I had a pretty extensive conversation. I'll get, I'll kind of give you my postmortem on it. And if you want to hear that as well as ad-free extended episodes of, of every or ad-free extended versions of every episode of this podcast, you can sign up again over at howibuilt.it slash 246. Become a member of the Build Something Club for just 50 bucks a year. That's less than five bucks a month. All right, enough of these reindeer games. Let's get into this fantastic conversation, this debate that Nathan and I have about the way speakers are treated at virtual events. Hey, everybody, Joe Casabona here. I am here with Nathan Wrigley in what I would like to call a very special episode of How I Built It because it's a combined episode of How I Built It and Nathan's podcast, WP Builds. See, a few weeks ago, I wrote an article called We Need to Talk About Speakers and Virtual Events. I didn't think about the timing of this very much, but I wrote about uh, how I feel speakers are treated at virtual events, basically as I was speaking at Nathan's virtual event, the Page Builder Summit. So uh, I, uh, Nathan and I spoke and we wanted to have a conversation around 
speaking at virtual events from both the speaker's perspective and the organizer's perspective. So I'll bring in Nathan now. Hello. (laughs) This is so strange because this is the first collaborative podcast I've ever done. Likewise, I uh, this is new ground for us. Maybe we're 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 breaking new ground here in uh, in twenty at the end of twenty twenty one. Good podcasts definitely timestamp themselves. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but it's interesting. So this podcast is going out on two channels. It's going out on your your podcast, and it's also going out on my podcast. And it will basically be the exact same content. So, if if you have listened to it on Joe's, don't. Don't come to mine and expect it to be different because it won't be. It'll be exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. And and likewise, you know, a little bit of how the sausage gets made before we we go into this is I'm uncertain about whether I'm going to make this like a bonus episode on the feed with no sponsors uh, added in pre in post production, mm-hmm. or if I'm going to make it a normal episode. Um, uh, I'm unsure about that. I don't have yeah. I don't have that luxury because I don't I don't really have bonuses or anything like that. My podcast is just the same every Thursday it comes out and there's no variation in that. It's just a a different type of podcast, you know, it'd be an interview and then I have yeah. chats with David Wormsley uh, each and every fortnight, two weeks. And nice. so it's just going to come out how it comes out. Very nice. Well, cool. So that's something I I'll, I will absolutely think about. But the beauty is that we're recording this uh, without any of the bumpers or anything like that, and we'll all we'll both do our pre-production magic. So, um, but let's let's dive into the article. So uh, again, to set the stage here, I wrote an article. It'll be in the show notes um, over at I guess over at howibuilt.it nwpbuilds.com dot com okay um it's called we need to talk about speakers and virtual events and i i i talk about some of the things that i think have become very commonplace in virtual events uh that i don't think um i don't think there's a lot of malice i just i just think that it's easy it, it feels like it's easy to uh, maybe take advantage of speakers. And yep, yep. I, I saw somebody, the impetus for this article um, was I saw somebody talk about how you can run your own virtual events. And this person was talking about basically how speakers are happy to put together the talks for free and happy to promote to their audience. And I uh, asked a few questions to push back on this, but I also respected the person running the event, uh, running the webinar, um, and I didn't want to make a, a scene or, or you know, cause any bad blood. So I asked a couple of pushback questions, but I was kind of unhappy with uh, with the answers because it very much felt like well, yeah, I put together the event, I get all the money, and then the speakers will put together the content and promote to their audience and and not really get much else from it. Yeah. Um, now, Nathan, before we, maybe before we take this pseudo point by point, um, you have organized virtual events. I maybe want to organize a virtual event in uh, the coming year or so. Um and so this is another reason I wrote this as like my speaker manifesto to, to hold me accountable when I start booking speakers. Um, but I'm certain, because I know and respect you, uh, that that you 
don't try to take advantage of your speakers. And a lot of the things I mentioned here, you don't even, you weren't even doing. Uh, so um, maybe we can start with, uh, as as you read this article um, and as you've gotten feedback from speakers, what what's your general take? Yeah, so from f- first thing I would say is that the the amount of work that goes in was far in excess of what I actually imagined at the start. We, on the Page Builder Summit, we have a really lo-fi approach in that it's not live. There are, um, there are live comments. That is to say, you can go and watch the presentations uh, at, the, at a time, one hour, basically, you've got, and the speaker will be in the comments. But before that, it basically, it's just recorded video. So mm-hmm. the, there's all of those things to take into account. There's the sponsors, there's all of the upsells, there's the things to bundle together. And it is no exaggeration to say that it's probably five, six times more than I imagined. I really did at the outset uh, think, and I should at this point mention that um, my co-host for the summit, Anshan LaRue, does a very, very large proportion of the work. I, I by no means, if if it were a seesaw, her side would be touching the ground and I'd be sort of <laughs> dangling in the air. You know, she's doing all of the heavy lifting. And, but I was, I really did think it would be more or less a walk in the park. You know, I've built websites before and I understand how these technologies work, but there's a lot more to it than that. But also there are so many little tripwires everywhere where you, you feel that, okay, how should I behave here? What's the, what's the correct thing? What is the, what is the the balance that I want to strike in terms of giving, giving good value to, to the users, giving good value to the speakers, giving good value to the sponsors, and also at the same time in the back of your mind the whole time, and you, you don't really want to say this, but you've got to say it, there has to be some recompense for the, the amount of work that you put in. So at the end of the day, it has to be profitable. Now, the, 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 the thing that we've got does mirror what you said, um, the, the person that you mentioned, I don't know who they are, but the, the idea being that we, we offer slots and we don't, well, or at least we haven't so far, we haven't offered a call for speakers. We actually, we actually go out and we, we contact the people who we believe have probably the most to offer. So we contact them one at a time based upon you know, whatever it is that they've been doing in, in the recent period. And we make the offer which is we would like to have you in the summit are you willing to do that and then we 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 do make a we try really really hard to message that really clearly so we send emails and we have a, a landing page where all of the speakers can go and read what it is that we're asking from them and it 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 divulges the things that we would like them to do and the dates that we would like them to do it but but also it it tells them about the things that they can expect from us and the and so we do have the model that if you would like to be on our summit uh, with regret we we don't mm-hmm. actually pay you for that but uh, again we we would like you to feel that you get something out of it and uh, and that I, th- I think that was the sort of the fulcrum of the of where your your piece it, it it was the catalyst for this conversation that we're having now because you actually sent it to me before you published it because you you suspected, oh, I think Nathan might might imagine that I'm actually talking about him, and I, I don't think you were. No, no, I definitely wasn't. Um, and you know, and and I think that we can uh, both agree, right? That I've I've given uh, 
candid, direct feedback, right? Because I know yep. that you always yep. ask your speakers yep. uh, for feedback. And um, so I think anything that I, any feedback I would have for you or for any virtual event organizer who asks me for feedback should not be surprised, right? It's like, uh, um, it's like if you, if you, if your manager calls you into your office and and is going to fire you, um, it shouldn't be the first time that you're hearing about all of this negative stuff. Um, and I, I feel the same way. If I'm going to publish something, um, where I'm 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 not calling people out specifically, but offering feedback, the people that I'm I have in mind should also hear this feedback. Yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. But so, but it it centers around whether the speakers should be should be paid. So here's a here's a couple of bits of context. The um the the way that we run it is that we offer an an upsell. So it's it has various different uh tripwires in terms of time. You know, you can get it for this price if you if you decide to buy it very quickly and then it goes up to a different price if you decide you want to buy it later on. And we we sell that and we offer our speakers an opportunity to divest themselves of an, an affiliate system. So in other words, if they refer people to, just like any product you know, you'd find in the WordPress space where there's an affiliate system, if people buy the, we call it the power pack, if people buy the power pack and it comes through your link, and that link is good enough for the entirety of the, the whole time that we're promoting the, the summit. So basically, if you refer them to us, you'll get the lead. And we we have had, I don't want to say about names or figures exact, exactly, but we do have quite a lot of the speakers who who do reason quite well, shall we say? I don't I don't know what reasonable or quite well is, but you know we mm-hmm. we we just handled actually the other day the affiliate payouts for those, and some of them you they were fairly handsome. You know you think that's actually not too bad. Now whether or not it would compensate you for the Okay, let's say that you put in five hours work. Would it compensate you for that? I don't know. Would it compensate you for 10 hours work? Would it compensate you for two hours work? Are you the kind of person who has any interest in promoting it, you know, really hard? Or are you more, I'll, I'll be on the summit, I'll enjoy it, and I'm just doing it for the, for the kicks? There's, um, there's things to be discussed there. Some people, they, they financially, they, they do quite well out of it, and other people less so. And I don't know if that's because they're just not into that kind of thing or they um, they just don't make use of those affiliate links, but we do try to encourage them to to use those. So whilst it's it's not the paid as in we will give you two hundred dollars to be on the summit and to be in the live chat for that hour, there is there is an opportunity, and and we do have people who definitely do considerably better than the figure that I just suggested. Yeah, yeah, and and I think uh, I think that makes sense. That's a reasonable point. Um, I would say, you know, full disclosure, I have uh, promoted with my affiliate links to the Page Builder Summit, yeah. and uh, I have uh, I have not made any money um, from the affiliate program, which uh, maybe is not. It shouldn't probably shouldn't be a surprise to you because you know you didn't pay me anything with the the payout, but. Um, the point I make uh, in the article about this, right, is uh, is that's a, in in my from my perspective, that's essentially another job, right? That's because uh, now the speaker is becoming a commissions only salesperson. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. From from my from 
my suspicion for my audience, right? Because again, uh, uh, it sounds like you've had some speakers who have done well with the affiliate program. Um, I'm going to guess that most of my audience probably found the Page Builder Summit another way. Um, Interesting. Either, yeah, yeah, yeah. Either I mentioned it somewhere else, or because uh, um, I was I was getting clicks. I was checking to make sure things were working. Um, but uh, so even if they, even if my talk was the thing that got them to say buy the power pack, um, you know, they probably signed up a different way. Yeah, because um, if you think about it, your I, I, maybe it's not your main thing, but one of the big things that you have is audio, and I would imagine that in your audio, it's unlikely that you're going to read out for everybody your affiliate URL. You're probably right. just going to mention the event either just by its name and expect them to Google it, or you're just going to, you know, say that the sort of root domain, you know, pagebuildersummit.com in this case, right. just because that makes more sense. Maybe there's something in that. You know, if you've got a, like if you've got a newsletter with thousands of people reading it and you put the affiliate link in there, maybe that, maybe that converts much better. And I know this because I, I do the audio podcast thing and and it there's there is no a click in an audio there is no click in a podcast you, you there right. is nothing like that and so that that is a really good point yeah. yeah and I'll certainly put the link in the show notes and I have included yep. it in my newsletter yep. right and and those are um you know things that I teach my students to do with affiliate links and such but um I think really the the I guess I would I would suspect that the people who do really well with this are also um, very good at marketing and creating the content. And mm. f- for me, that's a whole, I'm good at creating content, no doubt. Um, but uh, but I have a, a content schedule. I, I guess I view the making money through affiliate sales as a whole other job, no matter what it is, right? Because I've had people approach me and say, we can't sponsor your podcast, but uh, we think you can make more money on the affiliate program. And when people say that to me, that's always a red flag because it says to me, we think that you, you're asking us for 500 bucks to sponsor your podcast. We think you can make a thousand bucks with the affiliate program. Why wouldn't you just pay me 500 bucks then? Um, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, you know, because I'd have to do a little bit, I'd have to do extra and it's zero risk for the sponsor, right? They don't have to put up any money and they can pay me based on, on guaranteed sales. So. Yeah. 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 I get it. I, I wonder, I wonder what the, the sort of anecdotal figure would be from you, you know, in, in, in a dollar amount for, let, let's say that you, we require, we go for like 30 to 45 minutes, something like that. That's what mm-hmm. we, we would ask people to commit to. And then we're also asking them to commit to an hour of their time to be in the live chat. So it's all of the thought, the execution, and the time to edit that down and what have you, and then send it over to us and put together any, you know, the bundles that we have. All of the speakers have an opportunity to to 
put something into this power pack thing and there's a bundle there. So that there's some work in there. But also there's this hour, this hour of time, which may not be an incon- may, not, may not be con- a convenient bit of time because of where we put you in the schedule. So there's there's all of that. So it definitely isn't an hour. It's more like dozens of hours possibly. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the I wonder what the the figure is. You know, is it a is it like a a specific dollar amount? Do you pay? I don't know. For want of a better word, do you pay people who have a heritage of doing this? So let's say, for example, that we got. Uh, what is that guy called who seems to be at Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Who see he's a, mm-hmm. that guy. Um, you know, if he was on the summit, would we pay him the same as somebody who was doing their first ever speaking gig and and so on? So it's a I guess there's more to it than meets the eye. This episode is brought to you by Nexus. Look, I know what it's like to spend too much time managing your website instead of your business. In fact, the previous host for this very show made it harder for me to focus on creating content because I was always trying to fix some problem with my website, especially on new episode days. And that's why I switched to Nexus. With Nexus's managed WordPress hosting, I don't have any problems to fix because Nexus fixes them for me, usually before I even know about them. I don't need to worry about my site going down on new episode days or updates or backups. I don't even need to worry about plugin vulnerabilities. Nexus has me covered. That's why I can be so consistent. And now they have membership sites with WP Quick Start. A membership site, especially if you're a creator or small business owner like me, can be a fantastic way to increase revenue. But there are too many moving parts for most people who just want to set something up and start making money. Membership Sites with WP Quick Start does it all for you. That is great hosting. So check out Nexus today if you want a website and not a project. For a limited time, you can get 50% off your first six months. Just go to howibuilt.it slash nexus, N-E-X-C-E-S-S. That's howibuilt.it slash nexus for 50% off your first six months. Thanks so much for Nexus for being a sponsor of How I Built It. Some speakers command uh, a certain amount of money for their time. Now, okay, I do throw out a figure for about how long um, delivering a good talk. It usually takes me eight to 10 hours, right? Right. If If we extrapolate my hourly rate at 10 hours, that's 1,500 bucks. I would never expect anybody... Uh, at a virtual or live summit to pay me 1500 bucks just for speaking. Yeah. Um so I I think what what I'm really driving at. I say here the main goal is to make sure speakers know how they're appreciated in a tangible way. Now, I will say that the personalized video that you sent me after the summit, I felt very appreciated. So, it's not that I I feel underappreciated in general. But, you know, I've spoken at virtual events where they paid me essentially 200 bucks for my time to be there. And um, each speaker has to look at it differently. But that's reasonable to me, right? Because I'm putting together a talk based on something I know really well. I'm probably rehearsing it. But then I also get to sell at the end, right? Um, So... You know, I think that it it's it really depends. For what I would love to see as WordCamps come back is at least covering travel costs for speakers 
Um, yeah. And, okay. And yeah, sorry. People at the the WordPress Foundation will say, well, you know, WordCamps are really supposed to be for the local community anyway. So if you're traveling, it's it's your own choice. And maybe that's true for like you know WordCamp Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, but like for WordCamp US, it's not really the case. Um, so I I think that it's really the dollar amount. If a speaker says, I charge X amount of dollars to speak, right? Then that's up to the organizer to say, well, how badly do we want this person? But if it's the, if, if when I'm organizing um, potentially my virtual event, I will come up with a number that I think is fair for most speakers. And I'll put that in the budget. And yeah. for me, it's going to be like, I'll probably try to aim for, um, like six to eight speakers, one track on this very focused topic. Um, and so I think when it comes to payment, th- that's kind of more what I have in mind. I've gotten paid a hundred, I've gotten paid 200, but very obviously I've done a bunch of, uh, events where I haven't gotten paid anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's not like I take this hard line, like I'm not doing it. I do the cost analysis and the benefit, like cost benefit analysis. And I say, well, I'm getting myself in front of some amount of primed audience that might join my membership or, or whatever. So that, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So in a sense, it's not like you're saying, here's my hourly rate. I'm doing these many hours. This is, this is, I'm putting a line in the sand here. Unless you pay me this, you're not coming on. It's more of a it's more of a sort of gesture of goodwill, really. It's more of a way of sort of saying, look, we're affirming that we we appreciate you and that we we realize this probably won't cover the cost. Um, but, but here we go anyway. So I, I'm sort of likening it a little bit in my head to if you show up to somebody's house and they've cooked you a meal and it's delicious and expensive and they've obviously put time and effort into it, if you don't at least show up with a bottle of wine, you, you sort of, misstepped is that am I getting it about right there yes yeah okay. I think that's absolutely right because again like um I mean if it, like I'm not you obviously didn't do this but I've you know I, certain virtual event organizers will talk about will brag about you know how much money they've made from virtual summits um uh, right yeah okay and uh and then they also talk about how they don't pay their speakers because their speakers are happy to help, right? Yeah. Um, I think that that person or people uh, fundamentally misunderstand the relationship between the virtual event organizer and the speaker. Yeah. And I know yeah. that I it feels slightly hypocritical to me sometimes because people are coming on my podcast uh, for free. And I'm getting sponsor money from the content and they can figure out how much money I've made because my sponsor numbers are public. Um, but the difference, I think, is that I'm not requiring my guests to do any prep. Yeah, that's a big We're difference. Coming, yeah. yeah. We're having a conversation. You're getting in front of a new audience. I'm going to ask you to, you know, share share with your audience, but um, I'm not going to even expect it. I'm just going to kind of hope if you want to. Um, And similarly, for something I'm thinking about doing for my memberships in 2022 um, is something that the, uh, this idea I got from Andrew Warner, um, 
in his Mixergy membership, but um, are these things called master classes where they're like hour long private podcast episodes for members where you learn something tangible in an hour or less. Hmm, nice. That's going to take some prep. Yep. And so I, I would, I have, you know, 500 bucks set aside. Um, and I would pay each person a hundred bucks for, you know, in the hour of their time or whatever, there would be a partially public episode where they can talk about their services and things like that. And then the, uh, the part that I pay for would go only to my members. And so I don't know if this is going to work. I'm mostly thinking out loud, but, um, that's something because, well, now I put this out there. I feel like I need to put my money where my mouth is. Um, yeah. Yeah. But if I'm offering something that requires a little bit more prep uh, and it's something that will add a ton of value to my membership, even if it's, you know, maybe these experts charge $200 an hour. And so this is half of their hourly rate, but I'm giving them something uh, for hopefully a thing that's high value for my audience but lower effort for them because it's something that they know so well. That's my thinking, totally untested. Yeah, it, it is curious because we do, we do offer feedback um, forms for the speakers. And I, again, I'm not going to connect any names to any comments, but, but we did actually, we, we, all I can say is not, not everybody, and we, we've, we've really focused in on the payment thing, haven't we? We'll, we should get onto some of the other stuff in a minute. But um, <laughs> the... The, not not everybody would on the speaker side seemingly share your um, your opinion because quite quite a few of the comments that come through were you know along the lines of I loved it I really enjoyed it there's a whole bunch of new people that I've met and I've got some people on my email list and people have you know they've ended up becoming customers of mine and so on so we do know it has that impact but also I guess I guess maybe there's a position of where you're at at the time so for example you know you've been doing this for a really long time you are a really an expert in public speaking and putting out audible content and video content and all of that um, but but not everybody's in that same boat which is to say that they, they might have a bit more flexibility in terms of what they're expecting out of it and and what I simply mean is you know they they're, they're just really pleased that somebody's come out and said to them, actually, we've noticed that you're doing things, um, let's say on YouTube, or we've read some of your blog articles. W would you mind coming on this summit? And here's the, here's all the things that we discussed earlier. And, and in many cases, they're just delighted. And, and so I, I'm sort of imagining a scenario where, where you, Joe, are, let's say, approached by, oh, I don't know, some major television network. And they say to you, look, Joe, you've, we're going to, we're going to create an hour-long program for you. Uh, you're going to get probably two million viewers. But Joe, we're not paying you. Um, you what, what would you imagine your reaction might be? Yeah, um, that's a really good question and a really good way to put it. And I mean, based on uh, previous experience, I would say yes, right? Um, uh, because I've, again, I, most of my speaking of events have been unpaid. And I, I do the cost benefit analysis. And I think, uh, I mean, even, you know, even with the page builder summit, I think the first time I, I spoke because I had my beaver builder course, the second time I didn't, um, because I didn't, I didn't feel like my goals at the time were aligned with the audience I was getting in front of. Mm -hmm. We'll say it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and then this most recent time, you know, I had the master full site editing course and spoke about full site editing. 
Um, which another thing that we can talk about, right, is is selling to a largely free audience. Um, because uh, I think that there's there's other things too that I cover there. But I, I would I would say yes in most situations, especially if it's um, you know, something that I know I can speak about really well. Um, yeah. Because that's the other thing. I've been invited to to events where it's like, I want you to talk about this. And I'm like, I can't, I don't think I could talk about that. Or it would take a lot of time for me to to put a talk together about whatever the subject is. Yeah. I, I guess, I guess there's, there literally are two sides to this coin in the sense that, you know, if, if somebody would just love to, they're just desperate to find a new audience and and that mm-hmm. they're they're into the stuff that we're putting content out about then it might work for them and obviously you know we've had a lot of discussion around what the price point might be and in some cases that works for them if you know that they're happy with the the setup that we've got and in other cases like you said you you may be willing to go onto a major tv network and so on but the opposite will of course be true you know if i if i tried to attract i i literally can't think of anybody famous right now but Name somebody famous, um, I don't know, uh, some film star, and I asked them to come on my podcast. Well, I know the reaction <laughs> The reaction yeah. is going to be well, just no, not only because right. you're off. Let's say that I could grab somebody super famous and I had a podcast about, I don't know, talent or booking super famous people or something. I'd still find it difficult because there's a real mismatch from where I am at in terms of my content journey and the audience numbers and the the prestige that I've got. And that guest, and and I guess it's trying to marry those two things up, and we're just trying to figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll give a perfect example, actually. Right, uh, Peter Hollins is a popular YouTuber. Uh-huh. Uh, he has over two million subscribers on YouTube. He makes his living off of YouTube, uh, and his videos are highly produced. These are not like things that I'm filming with my four uh, my four K camera. Um, which is already really good, right? Uh, like my camera looks better than most people's camera. Yeah. Um, he's got like multiple shots. And if you look at his behind the scenes stuff, it's like a final cut with like hundreds of tracks or logic with hundreds of tracks. Um, and he makes his living off of YouTube. I reached out and I said, hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And... Basically, what his assistant said was, normally we wouldn't, but Peter's launching a new Creators Academy. And so it was beneficial for him to come on the show. Interesting. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that's like, and Andrew Warner talks about this too in his in his book, Stop Asking Questions. Um, you know, you want to look for these moments where it might be beneficial. John Warlow is just on my podcast. Um, he's like a, a best-selling author. Um, so, you know, he's just, he's just trying to get out to a a wider audience and he didn't directly promote anything, but, you know, he did set up a page specifically for my show where people could opt into, uh, learning more about subscription-based businesses. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think it, it, it does depend. Um, and so if I think, uh, you know, this is an opportunity for me to get people on my list, or this is an opportunity for me to to add members. Um, and and I will fully uh, recognize that maybe I'm doing it wrong, right? Because again, most of the times I speak, 
it's at free events like WordCamps. And I have another point on this in a second, but um, most people aren't converting, right? They're coming for the free content. They don't want to pay for um, the paid content, right? Uh, and, and I know that you've got people getting the power pack for a bunch of reasons or another. And I've heard, I've seen really good feedback about the power pack too. Um, but in general, the people I'm getting in front of, uh, have not been willing to even, you know, buy the, the master full site editing course, which Mm -hmm. I thought would have been Mm -hmm. an easy convert. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there's a, yeah, I guess it's a, a question of expectations, isn't it? And maybe yeah. maybe it's a question of me- messaging about those things right. prior. And we do we do actually try. I, I don't know how we compare because, in all honesty, Joe, I, I don't really. Um, I've never been involved in running any other events, and so I, I can't really have a direct comparison. Oh, over here we did it this way, and over here we did it this way. But I, I kind of feel that it, on the messaging side of things. I feel like we we do quite well, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. here's here's what needs to be delivered, here's how it can be done, all the follow up emails, the the you know the, the information about where you need to be and when and when we would like things and so on and so forth. I I think we do okay with that. And again, the reason I think that is because feedback from from speakers right. who sort of say actually it was it was really well organized. I was on another uh, summit just the other week and it was uh, it was like two different worlds. So, yeah, but I, I, I don't know. There's definitely work to be done, but um, go on. Yeah, and and it's it's tough, right? Um, and I certainly with yours, I I knew where I needed to be and when I needed to be there. Um, what what I do think, right, is in the, and I can't say it's specifically the WordPress space, but WordCamps have never been paid and like proudly, right? So like. Even if you look at other events in the WordPress space, like there have been copy on on websites where it's like, obviously you don't get paid to speak at WordPress events, right? And um, those organizers were given feedback that it's like, it, it's not obvious and you really should pay your speakers. Um, so like they changed the wording. Um, but I, I do think it's a mindset, especially in the WordPress space that, oh, well, you just don't get paid to speak at events. Um, but that's kind of the mindset I'm trying to change with this with this piece. Um, because I, I do think that if a speaker is delivering high value to a a for-profit event, and I'm, you know, I don't I don't know how many of the speaking events end up being for-profit, but um yeah, I, I you know I I just think that the people involved should be paid. If we look at like uh, an event apart, they pay their speakers and coach their speakers. Uh, like their speakers are compensated very well because it's a high value, mm. also high dollar event. Mm. Um, so you know I think I think that's maybe another aspect of it. But- maybe if I speak at more events where the where the attendees have to pay maybe i'm more likely to get paid as well yeah i guess maybe we'll wrap up the sort of payment side of things but the, yeah. i guess i guess uh, we we message clearly that you know it is free and you're very it's it's okay you can just decline at that point and but it, but you you know what you're getting yourself in for but that that was really curious you just said about the uh, uh, what did it? What did you say it was called? An event apart. I confess, I yeah. don't know about that one. Yeah. They actually coach the speakers, do they? How does that work? Do they send you a video about 
what the video ought to be like or how you ought to, I don't know, is it like the dress code or the type of so, audience they're going to be in front of and so on? Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not 100% on the details. These are just things I gleaned from attending those events. But yeah, from what I understand, they encourage you to rehearse and review the slides and design the slides so that everybody delivers. The, you know, they coach you to start with a story, right? Because that's the best way to start off a talk and things like that. Um, so like, yeah, they give you pointers and feedback on on your talk. And I will say, I spoke at a TEDx event in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Nice. And it was the same. Now this was free. Like this was not paid because TED famously doesn't pay their speakers either. Uh, it's the prestige of speaking at a right. TED event. Yeah. Um, or a TEDx, which they also are very keen on on distinguishing, right? I can't say I spoke at a TED event. I spoke at a TEDx event. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I had to actually rehearse the talk twice in front of the organizers. Um, wow. And, you know, they gave feedback and coaching and because they want you to memorize the talk too and it's usually not slides. So like, um, you know, that... I think that, uh, yeah, and and a, an event apart is like fifteen hundred bucks to attend, right? Uh, in okay. in person, yeah. so like, yeah. yeah, you know, that's again, that's a high dollar event. Um, they're curating their speakers. There's, I think, six, five or six over the course of two days. Uh, I'm sorry, there's five or six each day for two days. Um, so, you know, different from like a free virtual event that has multiple tracks and is is a five day event, right? Um, and so, you know, I, I, I guess I'm just thinking about um, speakers in the virtual space or speakers in the WordPress space have been conditioned to think about speaking a certain way, mm. but they don't need to be. You know, I asked somebody to come, I asked a YouTuber to come on my podcast and she was like, I charge 200 bucks. And I was like, okay, when I am ready, I said, when I am ready to invest that in, in guests, I will reach back out. Um, and I'm circling back to that. I might be ready to do that now, but mm. that was totally unexpected. But in the YouTube space, yeah, you're going to pay me. If I'm a big YouTuber, you're going to pay me to make an appearance either on your channel or on your podcast. Yeah, the it is really curious, all of that. There's so many different things. I'm just going to kind of like bullet point some of the things that you mentioned in your article because um, yeah. some of them are really not what we've strayed into, which is quite, there's still quite a lot to talk about. So you mentioned how you can coach people to be able to deliver a good talk. I guess I guess if you're in the TEDx or the TED thing, or I'm guessing an event apart as well, you are literally doing it live. You're on stage. They can't possibly afford for you to be a train wreck because you know, you've got to have exercised the demons of nerves before you stand up there for the very first time and realize, ah, I actually am no good at public speaking. You need you need to have proven to yourself that that's that you're capable of that. Um, I was slightly different. Everything's video, so you get you get a million tries at it if you really want a million tries. It's curious, mm -hmm. actually. We several presentations we got submitted and then pulled quite close to the deadlines and in some cases after the deadlines because the the speaker decided they they wanted to change a, a portion of it and there's no way of doing that apart from just pulling the video and redoing it or at least re-editing it you know in some cases so so that does happen sometimes but we we don't we don't get into the the mire of 
here's here's how we want you to deliver it. We we'd simply say, look, it's a you know it's a WordPress thing. This will be what the audience makeup is like. They would probably appreciate if you're talking about a page builder that you know if you're doing something technical, show them the screen, allow them to you know have time to dwell on it. The nice thing about video, of course, is that you can just pause it, you can rewind it if you didn't catch something the first time, and so you can sort of deliver that technical expertise that whereas in a TED talk it's it's narrative mainly isn't it you're just running through some facts and hoping that some of them will stick but with this you can literally go back how did he do that how did she do that how did how was that done I'm just gonna go and okay all right okay rewind pause rewind pause and so on but we that that is the sort of level of the coaching that we do we don't we don't go um into the whole let's coach you how to create the video we just have almost the expectation that you will if you've signed up for the event, figure out how to use Camtasia or whatever app that you're, you're going to do uh, that with. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. In our fast-paced world, things change constantly, and errors in messaging often have significant consequences. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into a keyboard shortcut called a snippet. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling, and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Text Expander lets you make new approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a few keystrokes, ensuring your team remains consistent, current, and accurate. Text Expander can also be used in any platform, any app, and anywhere you type. So take back your time and increase your productivity. But that's not all it does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it into plain text. No more fighting formatting if I'm copying from Word or any place else. Last month, I saved over two hours in typing alone. That doesn't even take into the account the time I saved by not having to search for the right link, text, address, or number. You have no idea how many times I want to type out a link to a blog post or an affiliate link and I can't remember it and then I have to go searching for it. That generally takes minutes, but since I have a text expander snippet, it takes seconds. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. I've been using it a lot more on my iPhone lately because I've been working from my iPhone more uh, because there are days when I'm just not in front of my computer right now. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now's the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know that I sent you. Thanks so much to Text Expander for sponsoring the show. And now let's get back to it. To your point, I think, um, again, you're very forthcoming about the expectations in the beginning. I knew before I signed up what I was signing up for. So. Um, but you know, I've also, I you know, I've been to events where the talk was a train wreck, uh, mm. and and so um, not virtual events. Well, I mean virtual events too, but I, I'm talking about in person events. Yeah. Right, where yeah, um, I think the best thing I've ever seen, one of the best things I've ever seen a WordCamp do, 
was it was WordCamp DC 2017. Um, they basically allowed, they asked some of the more experienced speakers, myself included, if they wanted to coach newer speakers. Uh, so I was paired with a speaker and I worked with her to go over her talk and start with a story and then she rehearsed it for me. Um, and I was happy to volunteer my time there because I, you know, I, I like helping people do that. And I was asked and, um, and they did a great job, uh, delivering the talk. It was two, it was two women who worked at this government organization. Um, and so I would love, love, love to see, I think more of that as far as helping speakers deliver a good talk. But, you know, I think most speakers probably don't know, um, for example, start with a story, right? Yeah. Most people say like, hi, my name is Joe. I'm a blah, 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 blah. And today I'm going to talk to you about the exact title of my talk. And like, okay, those are things that we either already know or don't care. You did Orson about. Welles. You told us about Orson Welles. I did. Yeah. I did. And <laughs> and you know what? And I put a lot of time into thinking about tell. the story. Yeah, I could tell. That was um, good. I want to find one that's analogous to the overall point I'm trying to make. Yeah. That was a nice, um, a nice hook. And and one that's gripping. Thank you. I I yeah, I, I like to play. I haven't told that one before. Usually I can pull from like Disney or Star Wars. Um <laughs> yeah. but I don't know I don't know how the Orson Welles story jumped out. No, it me. was good. It it directly uh, related but, to what came next. I mean, it wasn't tenuous at all. Anyway, the, the point the point there is I totally remembered it, right? I, 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 yeah, I promise right, you I did yeah. not go and watch that again for the purposes yeah. of this <laughs> for this. Thank you. But, well, and and similarly, the first time I ever saw Chris Lemma speak and he's the one who like made it really clear to me that I should start with a story so like I had the benefit of a good speaker teaching me yep. um, the first time I ever saw him speak was at Pressnomics 2 and he opened with a story about Reggie Jackson which I'm a huge Yankees fan Reggie Jackson basically powered the Yankees through their 77 and 78 World Series wins uh, Mr. October and he's talking about how um, the Yankees brought in this star and he was amazing and he brought the Yankees World Series, but then he goes to LA and like he doesn't do the same thing for them. And it's uh, more or less when you're building a team, you got to build a team uh, that works well together. You can't just bring in a superstar and accept that and expect them to um, fix the team. And then he talks about how to put together a good team for your agency. So like the story hooks you and then you're listening to him the rest of the time. Yeah. Um, he he so, got you, right? The first couple of words. Yeah, you, absolutely. You were, I was yeah. like, this guy's talking about Reggie Jackson. Yeah, yeah, that's it. it. it did, yeah. <laughs> the guy next to you was like, oh, Reggie Jackson again. Oh, I hate the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why uh, always about <laughs> Reggie Jackson? But that, yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. The uh, Here's another, right, totally just changing the direction of this completely. Imagine that you're doing this for the first time, and you, you mentioned that you're going to be doing this for the first time in a minute. It, it, one thing that is interesting about the WordPress space is that there's a very limited pool of kind of sponsors and things. And sponsorship, as you will find out, I'm sure, is is a really mm -hmm. big component. We're lucky in the WordPress space. A, we we know who the the, the sponsors are the, who are available. There's a there's a handful. There's not a handful. There's more than a handful. But you could list off, I'm sure if I gave you a pen and a paper and said, write down 20 sponsors who you're going to approach for your next event. I bet you could do it without a moment's thought. And also, mm -hmm. I bet that you will get favorable results from them. Because 
our we're, we're, we've got this little, lovely little insular community, and 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 it's easy. But if you're if you're doing something for the first time and you're putting on an event like this, uh, some sort of summit, and you're not you don't really have that set of companies that you can call on because it's something much more generic. Let's say that you're you're doing something. Oh, I, don't, I honestly don't know. Let's say about uh, dogs, uh, I, dogs, or something yeah. like that. I I can give you. Uh, I'm thinking about doing a a a podcasters summit. Yep, yep. Specifically a summit to help podcasters yep. make money. Yep. Um, and I don't have nearly the connections I have uh, in the podcasting space that I do in the WordPress. Yeah. Space. So this, this immediately throws into question like the, 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 whether or not it's worth it. In other words, right. do you put on this event um, as a loss leader? You know, do you at the outset say, okay, I'm going to sink uh, 50 hours, a hundred hours of my time into it. Plus, I'm gonna be able, willing to spend X amount of money because the I'm not expecting too many people to buy any upsell that I've got, or I'm not really expecting to to get to gain much in terms of sponsorship. Because I think this is a real thing. You, you and I, we're both very lucky. You are gonna obviously have to expand your parameters a little bit in terms of the the podcasting thing, and you're gonna have to find new sponsors, and that'll be a fascinating journey. But if you were to do that inside the WordPress space, you would probably find it easier. But I do think that people who are doing this for the first time, and it's almost like summits have become the thing, right? They're, they're really yeah. suddenly a thing. So there's there's loads of, um, probably a lot of emails and messaging flying to people who might be sponsors, and they've got to sift out the ones that they're interested in. So really what I'm trying to say there is that it, it, it might be a struggle for somebody who's never done this before um, to make it worthwhile. And they, you might have to just figure out, okay, I'm going to lose money on this first one and just hope that it works out on the next one. Or figure out, I'm not going to make any money. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And, and uh, you know, I think you see the same thing in the podcast space to a much smaller scale because the costs aren't as great. Um but you know, people start a podcast and they're like, how am I, how is this thing going to make money? Right. And so you're absolutely right. Going in, if you're going to plan a virtual summit, this is why I haven't just gone off and done one. Um, cause I technically, I absolutely know yeah, how to do yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. but it's about the positioning. Who am I going to get? What's the benefit for me? What's the benefit for people speaking? And so if, for example, and, and again, part of the reason I wrote this is to hold myself accountable, but also a lot more people are holding virtual summits. And if you're listening to some of the people who are teaching about virtual summits, they're going to basically talk about how uh, the speakers can be unpaid labor for you, where they bring the content, they bring the audience, and they sell for you. And I don't think that is a fair assessment. Again, mm -hmm. I don't think mm -hmm. this is something that you do, but I don't think that's a fair way to uh, treat the speaker, right? I think the speaker's one and only job, whether you're going to pay the speaker or not, the only expectation that should be put upon the speaker is to deliver a good talk. Uh, because you are yeah, uh, yeah. a person, let's say I am organizing the event. If I'm not paying my speakers and I'm prom and I, and then my promise should be to bring the audience. Mm. You're giving me the content. I'm going to put you in front of eyeballs that you can then sell to those eyeballs or wallets. Sell to your eyeballs is super weird thing to say. Um, 
So, you know, I don't think that the speaker is also the marketing team or the sales team. I think it would be really fascinating to, let's say, a year from now, and you've, you've managed to do your first event. It would be really interesting to redo this podcast again in light yeah. of the, the things that you've learned, you know, and it may be that you've hit a bunch of different tripwires that you totally didn't anticipate. And the feedback, you know, in areas where you thought, I've nailed that, uh, people come back and say, Joe, what were you thinking? You know, uh, and in other areas where you think, oh, I'm a bit nervous about this, people have come back and said, that was stellar, really enjoyed that. Be absolutely fascinating to see if any anything's changed on the on the tail end of doing this event. Because what what I can guarantee is you'll get a lot right because I know you and I think that you're incredibly, uh, you know, you, you you don't just wing it, right? You plan and you prepare and you execute. But there's you're gonna mess something up. This guaranteed, yeah. and it'd be interesting to see yeah. what those things are. I I, I think that's a great idea because first of all, um, I think anybody who knows me knows I'm absolutely willing to admit when I'm wrong. Oh, but this too. could also be this could also be a uh, you know how people who don't have kids talk about what kind of people parents should be. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then you have kids, and you're like, well, I obviously didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it could be one of those situations, right? Where I'm like, I'm talking about the things that I think virtual event organizers should do. And then I'm like, oh, well, now I'm like $10,000 in the hole because I didn't know what I was doing. You, you, um, yeah, they'll, they'll, I can just more or less guarantee that you won't probably find yourself in that position. But I, yeah, I'm sure yeah. there'll be little things where some expected unexpected email comes in and you know somebody's really ticked off about some aspect of the way it's run because we get right. we get a couple of those and they're really curious to read because for for the one that comes through that's negative we might have three or four that are entirely the opposite and you can't you can't please everybody all the time it's just the way it goes so we we tried our best we we continue to refine our process you'll figure out your own process and um and it'd be interesting to see if at the end of it you think hmm should have done that differently yeah, yeah, and and certainly I will. And I think, you know, I know I know a bunch of virtual event organizers. I know you. Um Brian Richards is a close personal friend of mine. So, uh I'll I'll be uh um talking to him probably as well. Yep. But um yeah, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. And so, you know, this is definitely this article again, I want to say is definitely more from a speaker's perspective. Um and, you know, as far as like, you know, the, the idea of the ideal customer avatar, right? Uh, right. As if you're talking to some, a specific person, I was definitely talking to one, one to three specific persons. Yes. Uh, about the way I've heard them talk about their speakers. And again, I don't think that, I don't think that you think of your speakers as free labor. Um, and obviously you run a huge event, right? It's like, it feels like 24 by five. It like feels that way. I think we had 40 um, speakers on this time and he was trying to get everybody in. Yeah, plus about five different panels. And then we had co-working sessions and yeah. put it this way, when you get to the end of the week, you are ready for that beer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, I think my approach is, would be different. It, it would be a single day. It'll probably be six to eight speakers. Um, 
and I already have my goals. I have my my KPIs in mind for what would make this a win for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think that uh, every virtual event organizer obviously needs to do that. And and when it comes to speaking, um, speakers do need to think about what makes it a win for them as well, right? Mm-hmm. So notice in the article we talked mostly about paying speakers, but I I leave that until last. Mm-hmm. Um uh because I I know that not every event organizer will be able to uh pay their speakers. Um but I hopefully the thesis that comes through um is if you're asking the speaker to speak enable them to give the best talk possible, right? And I, you know, I start off with a story about if you've ever been asked for a favor, right? Oh, can you help me move? Oh, well, on your way over, can you pick up coffee? Oh, well, now can you drive me to the realtor so I can get the key? Or whatever, right? <laughs> Who's moving um, here? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Uh, so I don't even ask people to pick me up from the airport anymore. I'm like, yeah. I'm an adult. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think... I think that if you're a speaker, know, make sure that you're aligned. Because I think my problem has just been like, yeah, I'll speak here and hopefully I'll get people to my mailing list or hopefully I'll get people signing up for, you know, buying my course. But that generally doesn't work out. Um, and that's that's on me. Um, but, you know, I think that uh, ultimately we should make sure the speaker delivers a good talk because that's going to be best for the speaker. That's going to be best for the event organizer because you're, enabling that or you're you're curating really good content that you're going to want people that people will come back to later. Yeah. I love stuff like this. This is this is just so interesting. You know, because you you write this article by as you've described it pure coincidence. It it matches the timing um of when our summit came out and then we end up having an email exchange about it and we're like we should do a podcast about this because this is fascinating. You've got this this opinion on this side and I might have a different opinion. And and I've I think I think this has been really interesting. I've really enjoyed it. I've definitely got some some key pointers to take away because you've expanded on what's in the article. Um and we'll just have to see how things go in the future. Um I I, I can't honestly make any promises because I don't know how it will all pan oh, out. And, and I I would I mean even if we do rough numbers, right? Let's say that you had you had 40 speakers and then panels like let's just say you had 50 people that you had to pay, right? At 200 bucks, you know, you're looking at uh let's see, that's like 10 grand, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I I again, I think that um a token of and again, right? I think a token of appreciation is the important thing here, um, and not not expecting too much of your speakers. Yeah. Again, I never felt pressure to join or use the affiliate program. I never felt pressure from you to share it on social media because this is the other thing, right? I've gotten pitches from people who are like, and you have to share this on your social media. You have to do a dedicated newsletter. Oh, that's and I'm in, like, that's in the actual. The, oh the yeah! Oh really? Oh yeah! Okay. Gosh, like maybe wow. we should have started with this. Oh. I just like buried the lead. There are event organizers out there who will say, if you're going to speak at this event, you're also going to have to do three newsletters where you promote the event. One of them is going to be dedicated to your talk at the event. And I'm basically like, I'm not doing any of that. Do they check up? I have no idea. 
Erin Flynn would be a good person to ask because she has definitely seen this more. That um, is fascinating. Okay, all right. Like, I'm getting I've, a real yeah. window now into. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Start. <laughs> let's press stop and we'll start again. No, let's yeah. not. <laughs> let's, that's really let's, interesting, though. So, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm getting a window, more of an insight into yeah. the the person on the other side who might yeah. behave differently. Okay. Right. Uh, man, I don't usually do cold opens, but maybe I'll just cut this part and put it at the beginning yes. so that people... Yes. So it sets the tone, at least for the people yes. listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, awesome. honestly, absolutely fascinating. Do you know, we've been talking for 57 minutes and it feels like four. I know. We like we covered so much ground and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like we've been talking this long. But yeah. we uh I think we should probably wrap this up. Okay. So um maybe we can each uh in in at least American style debate uh format, maybe we can each get one minute to make our final point. Does that work for you? If you like, I'll go for that. I can't promise it'll be any good, but I'll do my best. All right. Do you want to go first or no. second? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I will make my final point then. Uh, obviously, um, organizing any event, virtual or in person, is really hard. A lot of work goes to it, uh, and there absolutely needs to be a cost benefit uh, and a time benefit for the organizers. I don't think that an organizer should put themselves in the hole trying to do things like pay the speaker, but if you're going to ask somebody to speak, especially for free, then you should also be respectful of the time that they are donating to you to put on a good event. And so um, if, you are, if you're asking somebody to speak at your event, then you should enable your speaker to do that one job as best as possible because it is going to be the best for your event and it's going to be the most beneficial to the speaker as well. Okay, nice. Um, I, I would just say, yeah, if you are thinking about being a speaker at these events and you you feel pressured in the same way that Joe just described, you know, that there's all sorts of things that they want you to do, then that, that to me doesn't sit very right. And I hope that we don't try to do that. We, we have a model where we invite people, we ask them, and we make it very clear, I hope, that the, the model is that please provide a video and be available for one hour. We, we offer you ways of making that um, worth your while financially, but it may just be that the, the, the requirement for you is not financial. It may be that you would simply like to contribute to the summit, or it may be that you feel that it would be nice to get in front of a new audience or be a part of something different for a change and be, be discovered and make some content and push yourself in that direction. So if that's the case, there's, there's kind of where we sit. We, we haven't as yet done the the paying for the speakers but we we do try to make it profitable in a variety of different ways and we try to be thoughtful and kind and not try to take advantage and if any of the speakers who are listening feel that I've misstepped there please let me know but hopefully the page builder summit will carry on awesome well nathan this has been Gosh, I should probably do more podcast episodes like this because this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really I was appreciate just your point of view. Thinking that, absolutely the same. Yeah, that's brilliant. A nice kind of adversarial, but quite polite um, debate. That was lovely. Yes. I enjoyed that a lot. Thank you. Yes, uh, reasonable discourse. I don't think we see enough of that in the world these days. It's far so too much polemic coming down yes. the pipes these days. Yeah, I enjoyed that tremendously. Thank you. 
Awesome. Well, uh, Nathan, for my feed, uh, if people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? We are at wpbuilds.com. I do have a Twitter handle. It's at wpbuilds, but I have no idea how to use Twitter. So probably just go to the .com and right back at you. Where do we find you, Joe? Uh, yeah, you can find this show and all of the show notes over at howibuilt.it. Uh, and if you want to give me your uh, reasonable discourse, polite opinions, I'm on Twitter and most social networks at jcasabona. Thank you very much indeed. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody listening. I think uh, maybe, I, Nathan, I forget if you have a sign-off, but uh, I'll do my sign-off now sure. and then you can do your yeah, sign-off. Yeah. So thanks to everybody listening. And until next time, get out there and build something. Oh, that is nice. Oh, that's really good. No, mine is just... Um, Okay, thanks for listening. Bye-bye for now.